Welcome to None of This is Real. It's a podcast about mysterious and weird stuff. I'm Doomsday Domini. And I'm Sarah Sinkhole. Just hey. Just sinking down in that hole. How's the hole? Uh, it's alright today. I went on a hike with my kid and uh, it's not too hot. My hole's doing good! <laughs> All right, all right. That's great. I'm how's the, glad to hear how's it. the prepping coming along? Oh, the prepping's pretty good. Okay. I'm now I'm prepping a old, dusty, nasty house. So, well, that's good. Ooh, that house is dirty. My God, I'm afraid to touch anything. Oh, but. the house that we live in now. When we first moved in, there was like a layer of the woman's pet's hair, like on everything. And I was like, I gotta. Oh God. Mm-hmm. It's nasty. There are roaches the size of my eyeball in that place. Oh, and God. there's a doo-doo on the floor, presumably oh. from an animal, but I don't know. It could so. be human doo-doo. But we are going to make it really, really nice, and then we're going to record in there. Well, I- I'll be up there soon to help you clean all the doo-doo and bugs out. Help me clean that doo-doo, girl. I would doo-doo that for you. You would doo-doo that for me? I would. <laughs> oh, God, stop. Oh, uh, no, never stop. Um, did okay. anything mysterious or weird happen to you over the last week or so? Uh, well, I did see Weird Al in concert, mm. so that's pretty weird, and it was awesome. It's weird it, in the name! It was so much fun. I He walked out on stage, and I immediately just started giggling. I was like, nope, well, I'm just going to be laughing for the next uh, two hours. Hell yeah, that's what it's for. It was so good. Was it- Oh, he's such a beautiful human. I'm glad you got to see him. That's really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, but besides that, there's just been a lot of uh, coincidences. Coincidences? Ooh. Happening. Just, you know. Coincidai? Coincidai. Yes. So many coincidai. <laughs> Maybe it's the, uh, what do you call that? Bader-Meinhof? Is that what it's called? When you learn about something or talk about something and then you keep seeing it turkey buzzards correct me if i'm wrong or i'll google it later tell us what it is we forgot yeah Yeah, i was in one room and lauren was in the other room and i yelled out oh my god have you seen the 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 trailer for the new top gun movie just as he he said and as i was yelling that he was clicking on the trailer for the top gun movie (laughs) (laughs) we are we are a top gun loving family over here I don't think that's a Bader Meinhof or whatever. No, not that one. That one's pretty. That's like. Yeah. Some real coincidence. Yeah, that was good. Also, uh, I was listening to a podcast as I was falling asleep, like I like to do when my brain won't be quiet. And it was, for some reason, I decided to listen to a scary story as I was falling asleep. Those stupid. I don't know. (laughs) And the window was open, and Lauren and Levon were both already asleep. Levon was in the bed with us, and in the story, it, the people were opening a door, like some mysterious door to a creepy place, and they said, as they opened the door, a terrible smell came out. And right then, Lorenzo farted in his sleep. <laughs> See, that is also a very big, if you believe in coincidences. And that's but... a pretty big one. And then, like... Two sentences after that, they said something about they heard there's a scary sound happened in the story. Something heard a scary noise, and two cats started fighting on my front porch. Neither of them were my cats. Weird. First of all, yeah, 
And then Levon started kicking me in my back. And I was like, okay, I think I just should stop listening to the scary story because there's farts and cats fighting. I'm never going to It's gonna causing things to happen. <sighs> so, yeah, it was just a bunch of weird coincidence. Do you think mm-hmm. anyone listens to our podcast as they fall asleep? God help them if they do. Someone help them. <laughs> Somebody, Somebody. You know, I hope not. If you're trying to fall asleep right now. Hey! Woo! Party! How's that sleep? Sweet dreams! Ow! What (laughs) am I doing? (laughs) I don't know you're getting real rowdy over there. It's happening. Uh Uh-oh. I'm in the tent again. Okay. So uh, what weird thing happened to you? What weird thing are you going to tell me about? I'm going to tell you that I was in Minnesota last week and... I was hanging out with my niece and my two nephews. They're 9, 10, and 11. And we were at the we're at a lake house where we visit Jay's parents. And so my in-laws and my sister-in-laws and their families. It's a bunch of us. There's a whole bunch of us. And yeah. so I was just there with the kids and we were swimming. But we were out there on our noodles floating around. Oh, Lord. And my niece wanted to practice being psychic. Oh, Okay. <laughs> And it was a beautiful thing. She was like, I can send you thoughts. Like, I can send you messages with my mind. And and All right. um, my nephew's like, no, no, you can't. You can't do that. And I was like, well, <laughs> let's practice. Why don't we practice? I was like, you can do it. You just have to practice. And so. <laughs> oh, my God. When they went home, they were like, um, Aunt Amini said that we can send people thoughts with our minds, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can so just so you know, okay, you just fine. practice. Your brain is a powerful thing. So I had my niece whisper whatever she was thinking in my ear, or like I would whisper, you know, um, a block of cheese, I'd be like a block of cheese into my nephew's ear or whatever. And then so one person knew what it was I was thinking. Okay. And we took turns doing that, and the other person had to guess. I'm pretty sure me and my sisters did that when we were kids. It devolved very- into whose poop. They were thinking about, but that was well, pretty funny too. That's also, yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Nine, ten, eleven year old. But I was out there, just I was out there floating, and I was just like, "This is great. I'm practicing being psychic with the next generation." I'm <laughs> absorbing it. these children's psychic poo thoughts. Oh yeah, <laughs> psychic poo thoughts. Oh, that's good stuff. That sounds like fun. <sighs> Well, I think we have a couple of uh, corrections and things of that nature. Do we? Yeah, I do. I I have one. um, I have a corrections corner or whatever you want to call it and a little hindsight humor, which isn't really a joke that I forgot to say. It's mostly that I didn't talk about how Buzz Aldrin punched that conspiracy theorist in the face when he was 72. And I'm like, why didn't I talk about that? That's one of my favorite stories. What a badass. I know. That guy wouldn't leave him alone. He was harassing him with, like, a camera crew, and he was saying awful stuff. I wrote down the stuff he was saying so I wouldn't forget. Why don't you swear on the Bible that you walked on the moon? Like, that would even prove anything. <laughs> That's because that is science. Hard and fast. Yeah. Science. That doesn't sound like a thing a conspiracy theorist would say. Also, he said, you're the one who said you walked on the moon when you didn't. He sounds like a nine-year-old. Is he 12? Yeah. My 11-year-old nephew's more mature. Seriously. He said, you're a coward and a liar. And as he was saying the word thief, Buzz Aldrin just turned around and punched him in the mouth. 
Because he'd said As to him, like, should. go away, please. And he'd a- he'd asked people standing around, like, will you please help me get this guy away from me? And the guy just was relentless. So Buzz Aldrin is the coolest, is what I'm trying to say. There should be a law or just a, a little amendment or something saying that if, if somebody won't get out of your space after you've asked them, say, like, a, a third time, you get to punch them in the face. It's a, it's legally yeah. allowed at that point. Yeah, I think so. I think I... Totally agree. Which would be, I would be punching my son in the face all the time. <laughs> not, not your son. They Just have to kidding. be eighteen. Jokes, years jokes. Old or older. Jokes. We do not. We do not hit our child. We do not practice corporal punishment in our house. Don't call CPS on me. No, Ugh. I know you would not do that. Just right. adults. Yeah, I have barely ever hit anyone, and one of them was your boyfriend. <laughs> you hit. Uh, that guy in the face almost said his name. I, I guess slapped him in the face. Yeah, because it was because well, he spit on me. I remember that. What a turd. That's a whole crazy high school. Wow. Don't even let's my, not think about it. He was my ex boyfriend when he spit on you. Yes, he was. That's true. He you had already broken up with him. That's pro- he was probably just jealous of our friendship. Probably so many people are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. No. All right. So you now you say your correction and then I'll say mine. I have a correction as well. Correct. So we gave a sh- we said we said a shout out to Randy Quaid, and I need to retract that shout out because I looked at his Twitter page. Oh, he's nuts. That's why I thought it was so funny because he's. I mean, I'm not gonna say he's nuts. He's he's got some ideas that I'm not. But he's on an board asshole. With. Yeah, yeah. Unless he's being completely sarcastic, he's an asshole. Oh no, he's, he's not. He's like full-blown okay. paranoia it's yeah I, which is why some I, ugly stuff on his twitter and so if, if you're listening randy quaid the shout out we gave you on the last episode was completely tug-in-cheek and sarcastic in the first place and now we're taking it back goodbye no yeah that shout out only applies to one quaid brother and you know who you are <laughs> <laughs> well now i gotta go look at dennis quaid's twitter feed because i don't know about him either i'm suspicious no, i'm sure he's a lovely person Look, that's why so. I said. That's why I said. Don't look at Vivian Kubrick's Twitter page. I didn't. Don't. I didn't do because it. it's the same shit. Well, which doesn't Dennis make, Quaid. Let's look, let's if not you even don't suck, let us know. Yeah, Dennis Quaid <laughs> listens to this podcast. Forget Randy. All right, my correction. Anyway, that was my correction. That's a great correction. I am on board with it. I I thought you knew that he was a Looney Tune. I didn't know it was like that. So, where's my? I wrote it down. Oh, the part about uh, The Shining being a confession and how they said room 237 was changed to that number because the moon was 237 miles away. Well, I uh-huh. said that it was 382,000 or something, some number that I guess I just pulled out of my ass because that's not right either. <laughs> the moon is actually 238,900 miles away or 384,400 kilometers oh, from the Oh, you had those kilometers. Yeah. Who do I think I am? European. I am so European. Are you European. a peon over there? I am a peon in my pants. Um, yeah, so there. I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. Proof. Proof right there. Don't listen to me. I have another impromptu one as well that I didn't plan, but I, we had talked about when The Shining was released and it was 1980 we were stuck on the 70s but oh i thought it was late 70s i guess it, yeah mm-hmm. okay 1980 1980 everybody so basically when it comes to numbers or the uh um, quaid brothers or, or, or the quaid brothers or people's twitter accounts just don't 
don't listen. Oh, I've said before, I'm full of shit. We're all full of shit. I don't know what I'm talking about. Come at me. I am fine with it. Please correct Just, me. You know, fact check us before you take it. Don't take anything as uh, truth. Just And this is for entertainment purposes only. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Disclaimer. Oh my God, please don't listen to us. I hope you're not still trying to sleep. Good night. I love you. Sweet dreams, baby. <laughs> Good night. All right. Well, we're going to talk about something that is incredibly, like, great for falling asleep, too. So that's oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. Spooky dookie coming up. Some spooky dookie. Uh, do you have anything else, or shall I introduce the topic? Oh, no. That was all. That's all I have to say about okay. that. Well, we're, we're going to talk about cursed books. Because there are some books in this world that have creepy, spooky things, curses on them, and maybe you just should leave them be. Yep, you should definitely leave my book be. What book do you have? Well, I'm not sure how to say the name, and also it's confusing because there's an Abraham and a Abram... Abramelin? A-B-R-A-M-E-L-I-N. How would you say okay. that? Ab- Abramelin? Yeah, doesn't that sound weird, though? Like, it's a melon? He, yeah. He's a mage and a man, not a melon. All right, so Abraham Melon, whatever. The Book of Abramelin. <laughs> Ab- Abramelin. Pick one and just pretend I'm saying the right one. And just go with it. It is a grimoire that is framed as an autobiography. And it tells the story of an Egyptian mage named Abramelin. <laughs> I'm not going to be uh, like a magician, magic person. Oh, cool. And Abram Mellon taught a system of magic to a dude with a very similar name, Abraham, except this guy's called Abraham of Worms, which is a place in Germany, apparently. There's a place in Germany called Abraham of Worms. It's just called Worms. He is of okay. Worms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. That would you. be even weirder somehow than just Worms. I'm from Worms. Excuse me? What? I just learned that there's a town in North Carolina with my la- that is my last name. For real? Uh-huh. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Where is it? What part? You don't even know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's wherever I am. All right. Back to Worms. Okay. So the grimoire contains a ritual that, when you complete it correctly, promises that you will gain the cooperation of your holy guardian angel, which everyone who talks about this just shortens that to HGA. So if I say HGA, I'm talking about your holy guardian angel, which I don't know if that's different from a regular old guardian angel. So if if you gain the cooperation of your HGA then you can establish control over all the spirits of nature and hell. I was on board for a second. Now you lost me. Yeah, nature and hell. Mm. You don't get to pick. It's both. <laughs> you get It's a packaged deal. <laughs> yes. And that sounds pretty spooky. So, of course, people say this book is cursed. Here are some examples that I got. Oh, from my sources, which I will tell you right now. Ultraculture. Ultraculture. That's hard to say. Ultraculture. Dot org and k h e p h kef 777.tripod.com so you know we're getting into the nitty gritty there you and went down a rabbit hole i did girl oh my goodness so far down the hole 
And also, of course, like always, Wikipedia. <laughs> wow, that one was... That was haunted. That, that was, one was special. Haunted. That's a cursed thing we just did there. <laughs> All right. So these are the curses that I read on, on those sites. If you attempt the ritual laid out in the text and fail, you will be driven mad. Also, the talismans in the back of the book may work of their own accord. Whatever what? that Whatever that means. So like, which you're not even using the book and they just kind of do their own thing? Yeah. I mean, if they're working, like, is it housework? Because I'm fine with that. Is it yeah. homework? Do that. Are you going to, like, clean, you know, clean my dishes? Are, are the you... talismans going to mop my floors? Because I am on board. Or are they just going to steal LaCroix out of my fridge and Well, that's not very be a nice. Bum. Yeah. So just, you know, watch out for those talismans. And the third and best one. Simply owning a copy of this book can cause spiritual unrest or invite hostile demons up into your house. No, thanks. So I'm going to buy you one for Christmas. I will not accept <laughs> that book. Please, please just get me like a... I'm only going to get you really mean Christmas presents from now on. <laughs> that, that will scare me and curse yeah. my home. Thank yes. you. I got you a curse for Christmas because I thought, like, you know, your life was just a little bit boring, so you needed some spice it up. You just give me, like, a houseplant. What the fuck? <laughs> and I'll bury the book in the dirt of the houseplant, and you'll never know it's there. <laughs> I wish everybody could see the gestures and facial expressions I'm seeing right now. <laughs> Don't accept any Christmas oh. gifts from Sarah. Okay. You've been warned. I'm a really good gift giver. I promise, guys. <laughs> I promise. Hey, someday when we are when we get to record in the same room, maybe we'll do some YouTube videos, and you can watch us flail around like crazy people. <laughs> oh, all right. I'm going to talk about the origins of the book. I'll get back on track here. Train back on the tracks. Uh, but the text dates itself. It, in the book it, itself, it says it comes from the year 1458. Okay. The earliest manuscripts are two versions that date from about 1608, and they are both written in German. Those are the earliest ones. It's two, uh, 12 manuscripts. That's a lot. It's a lot of reading if you want to get cursed. So there's some more copies around the 1700s. There's a partial copy in Hebrew from 1740. There's some in French that disappeared, but is, it's available on microfilm if you're into it. Oh, yeah. I'm always down in the library basement doing that. Have you ever done one of those microfiche machines? Yeah, well, It's really once. fun, actually. Like once. Yeah. If I, it makes me feel like I'm on um, some kind of, I'm a, like I'm a detective. <laughs> like, ooh, gotta find the clues. That's where all the clues are. All the clues are on the microfilm. God! So all German copies of the text consist of four books. So I guess the 12 manuscripts are in four different books. And it's, a, like I said, an autobiographical story of the travels of Abraham of Worms to Egypt. That's the first, the first book. The second book is assorted materials from the corpus of the practical Kabbalah, including some... The neighbor's dogs are barking! 
I can hear them through two sets of headphones. I know, I can hear mine too. Oh well, whatever. Sorry guys, really the dogs sucks. are barking. There's nothing we can do about it. I mean, I could do something about it, but I'm well, probably going to I'm moving. That's what I'm doing about I'm trying to move, here. too. I'm trying to get away from these damn dogs. Goodbye. All right. So, the second book is Assorted Materials from the Corpus of the Practical Kabbalah. And the, the second, the, excuse me, third and fourth books are books of magic given by Abramelin to Abraham. I kind of want to read this book, actually. No! Oh, fooey. You know I don't... You know I don't, uh, subscribe to the cursed ideas. You don't have to subscribe to it. It's just gonna happen in any way. You know the talisman are just gonna be doing their thing, whether you believe it or not. Well, as long as they do the housework, I'm fine. So, there's an esoteric scholar from Germany named George Den, who thinks that the author of the books was a rabbi named Yakov Molin, who was a, a German-Jewish Talmudist and an authority on Jewish law, but that has been disputed. So others believe that it was truly written by Abraham of Worms. And even other people uh, claim that it is the mythical alchemist Nicholas Flamel. Ooh. But there are many inconsistencies in the text that point to a Christian author who is, like, not really an authority on what they're talking about, basically. <laughs> So Nicholas Flamel is a real person? It says mythical alchemist. Okay. I yeah. Was gonna say. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he's real, but you never know. None of this is real, so <laughs> That's true. We're not real people. When you said mythical, I was I Were you thinking I didn't mystical? Think you meant like not real. I thought you meant like, you know, renowned in the Oh yes, I see what you're saying. No. Nicholas Flamel, if you're out there and you are real, <laughs> let me know. You know where to find us. Follow the barking dogs. Oh, dear Lord. It's driving me crazy. Okay. So, <laughs> the book became popular after it was first published. It kind of disappeared for a while, I guess, in the 1700s. People were reading it, but then it kind of came back into... Into vogue? It, it's so vogue. In the 19th and 20th centuries, partly due to a guy called Samuel Little McGregor Mathers. Is that... Four Good names, God. really? Calm it's down, nice. Samuel. <laughs> so he translated it into English. The title of his was The Book of the Sacred Magic of Abramelin the Mage. And also, it became very important within the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. And also wow. Thelema, which was created by Aleister Crowley. Mm -hmm. So all them devil-worshipping magical people were into this book. So Mathers used the least reliable manuscript for his translation. So people say his his translation really isn't accurate anyway. So maybe if I read that one, it doesn't have all the right words and it, it won't really curse me. But if you want the real deal in English, you should go by the translation of the guy I mentioned earlier, George Den. Stephen Guth. Guth. Which is based on the earliest and most complete sources and is more scholarly and comprehensive. So if you're if you're really trying to summon angels and demons, in order to control the forces of nature and hell, I would say scholarly and comprehensive is the way to go, right? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. We so have a recommendation. I am, re I am recommending <laughs> that translation if you want to get them demons going. So in the story, Abraham of Worms describes his journey from Germany to Egypt and reveals Abramelin's magical and Kabbalistic secrets 
to his son, Lamech. Lamech? I don't know. I'm probably murdering all these names. Except for Abraham. I got that one. Abraham found Abramelin. Ding dang it! Abraham found Abramelin, the mage, living in the desert outside of an Egyptian town. And he taught him a powerful form of Kabbalistic magic. Abramelin is described as a, quote, venerable aged man and very courteous and kind. He discussed nothing but the fear of God, the importance of leading a well-regulated life, and the evils of the acquisition of riches and goods. Uh, so I said, I'm on board with, with two of those things. I bet you can guess which two. It ain't the fear of God. I'm not on board with no. that one. So Abramelin made Abraham promise that he would give up his, quote, false dogmas and live in the way and law of the Lord. And then he gave him two manuscript books to copy. So he gave, he's like, give me some gold. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go into town. While I'm gone, you can copy these books. So he goes into town and he gives his money away to 72 poor people. Very specific. And then he came back to Abraham when he was done and he said, you have to promise me to serve and fear the Lord and to live and die his most holy law. And then he gave him the divine science and true magic embedded within the books. So he had to follow all the laws of fearing the Lord or whatever. And he could only give the books to people he knew very well, which obviously looks like he spilled the beans on that one. Cause you could just get it all over the internet. Yeah. Way to go, Abraham. So there's an, and I'm going to talk about the ritual now. Are you ready? Yes. Tell me. It's enough, it's enough boring stories of two people whose names are exactly the same. Down to the ritual. It is very elaborate. And if you complete it, you will obtain the knowledge and conversation of your guardian angel. The book warns that only those with good intentions may successfully complete the operation. And they call it the Abramelin operation. Okay. So in the, yeah, it sounds like something you have done to your body, not not magic. So in in German, the the book says that the ritual will take eighteen months before you can achieve any divine contact. And in the less Dang. reliable, yeah, no, crazy. That's a long time. I'm telling you, it's very elaborate. I deleted so much stuff from my notes because I was like, if I go, if I talk about everything you have to do, we'll be here for two damn days or 18 months. Yeah. So in the other translation, the initial phase only lasts six months. So to give you some shortcuts, maybe, I guess. The preparations are elaborate, like I said, long and very difficult. You must daily pray before sunrise and then again at sunset. Which doesn't sound too bad. A lot of people do that. But there's a whole yeah. bunch of rules. A lot of rules. And I'm only going to give you a few of them because they were the ones I found most amusing. You must be teetotaling, which if y'all don't know means you can't drink uh, no alcohol. You must be teetotaling, okay. chaste, and fair in conducting your business. So no sex, no alcohol, and no shady business deals. Damn it. Yeah. No fun. I'm out. You, I'm out. You should you 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 should be twenty five to fifty years of age. So we got plenty of time to do this thing. You uh, must shun all socially rooted habits. Don't pay attention to the time of day, the hour, or the day at all. Just let all that stuff go. 
I like that one. Can I just do that one and, and only that one? <laughs> I think we I think we both should. Actually, there's a great quote from um oh who is it? Zelda Fitzgerald said something. Who used about to how- live in Ashford. She died here. She uh, she has said a lot of really cool stuff. I knew that. Yes, that's a good North Carolina fact. Anyway, Sweet Zelda said that that uh, one should never live by the ticking of a clock or something more poetic than that. And I'm like, yes. But unfortunately, we live in a society where everything has to happen at times. So it doesn't seem very practical. So ignore the time and the day, right? So And then also don't practice any other system of magic that is, is in any way con- contrary, contrary to the Abramelin operation. I'm going to start a band. Whose name I whose name I can't pronounce. <laughs> don't sleep during the day. No, nope, I'm out. Don't do any magic at night. Lose no blood from your body, unless your body expels it naturally. Okay. So, like, if you got your period or a nosebleed, I guess those are the only two I can think of. Or if you have gingivitis. Ew. Oh, sorry. Life is a- gross. Avoid any contact with the dead body. Okay, kind of trying to do that all the time anyway, thanks. Unless you're working in the morgue or something. You gotta quit your job for 18 months. Yeah. If you are a mortician, (laughs) you must quit your job for at least 18 months to complete this. Or a coroner, yeah. Yeah. So don't touch a dead body. Don't sleep during the day. These are so crazy. Refuse any food that includes the flesh or blood of a dead animal. That's not too crazy. In addition to reading the book itself over and over again in preparation, you should also read all 72 Psalms of David at least twice a week. Okay. Uh, I'm good. Thanks. I've already done that. I read all them Psalms and I'm good. Actually, the Psalms are pretty. Oh, and this is the worst one. Get ready. Women in general are discouraged from undertaking the operation because of their, quote, curiosity and love of talk. Although, <laughs> there is an exception. The exception is if you're a virgin. That's gross. Yeah, Shut the whole f- book. Yep. Fuck you. Do you still want the book now? No, of course I don't. I'm going to buy it and burn it. I'm going to be a book burner. Just kidding. So I would you, never. You've met my dad, and you know that he can talk and talk and talk for however long you'll stand there and listen. Yeah. And I've met my dad, too, and a lot of other dudes. He said to me one day something like that. He said, you know, something about women love to talk. And I just looked at him and I was like, you saying that is yeah, that's very ironic. That's the height, the height of irony, sir. Thank you. Oh, my God. That's funny. So I got this from this is a very simplified, condensed version. I'm going to run through it really fast. There are three phases. Ritual washing in the morning followed by a prayer for visitation from your holy holy guardian angel in a designated space with an open window and altar. Prayers are repeated after sunset. Uh, Maintain moderation in all activities, change the sheets, and perfume the bedchamber on the eve of every Sabbath. Blah, blah, blah. Be cool. Just be a nice person. Second phase. Continue your prayers, but ritually cleanse your hands and face with pure water before entering the altar space. Prayers should be prolonged and intensified. The whole body should be washed every Sabbath Eve. A lot of washing and praying. I'm like, boring. I don't do either of those things very much. (laughs) Third phase. Sorry, guys. 
If you are, if you like to pray and wash, I didn't mean to offend you. It's just you know, oh, to each. I own. like to pray and wash, so I'm there with you. If you like to pray and wash, come on down to the pray and wash. <laughs> Get yourself cleansed so you can summon some shit. I'll meet you down at the corner on the, at the pray and wash. I'm there every Sabbath Eve. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my goodness, the third phase. So continue praying and washing. Oh my God, so much washing. <laughs> this time, this time you have to add a prayer in the middle of the day. At noon, you have to wash and pray also. Don't do any business. Okay. No business. No business. Can you poop? That business is fine, but no like okay. business deals. Uh, gotcha. Except you can ch- you can you you can uh, be charitable. You can do charity work. I see. Okay. You should keep your perfume on the altar. All your free time should be dedicated to meditation or studying the sacred texts. All of society, except members of the household, should be shunned during this period. After you do all that, your holy guardian angel will appear and reveal magical secrets. Do you do that for 18 months? Yeah, something like that. It's a lot. I told you, it's a lot of washing and praying. (laughs) So, after all the reading and praying and washing and shunning... Here's where it gets real spooky. You must then evoke the 12 kings and dukes of hell. The princes, Lucifer, Satan, Leviathan, Bilial, 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 Billy. I'm going to name him Billy. And the sub-princes, Astaroth, Maggot, Asmodi, Beelzebub, Oriens, Paimon, and Ariton. Sorry, I just said the names of a bunch of demons. You're welcome. Oh, excuse me, and Amaimon. There's another one. So you must summon all those demons and then bind them so that you can gain command of them in your mental universe and remove their negative influences from your life. So there's a whole bunch more stuff. You can buy the book of Abramelin on Amazon or you can download the PDF. So mystical. Yeah, so mystical, guys. It's a PDF. It's it's a cursed PDF. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just going to name the episode Cursed PDFs. I like it. This is good. I love it. So, what, after all your troubles and hard work, what do you think you get from that? I'm going to tell you. The ability to find buried treasure. Cast love charms. The ability of magical flight. And the secret of invisibility, resurrection, shape-shifting, divination, necromancy, precognition, control of the weather, knowledge of secrets, visions of the future, and the ability to open locked doors. And that's not all, folks. There's even more. I'm not going to list them all. You're... Sorry. That, but, I mean, those sound pretty great to me. Open locked doors? What? And much, much more! <laughs> so much more! It's oh a great gosh. infomercial. That's really good. Come on down to the spray and wash. I mean, the pray and wash. <laughs> spray and wash? <laughs> oh, come on down to the pray and wash, where we'll tell you how to open locked doors and resurrect yourself. All right. So there's a recipe for anointing oil. I'm not going to read about it. If you, you should look it up. It's also very similar to the one in the Bible and uh, in Jewish tradition. I just heard a big loud noise in my house. I'm scared. You did say a bunch of demon names. I said a bunch of demon names! So I'm going to skip the oil part. You should look it up. It's interesting. Aleister Crowley, um, to him, the I'll say this part. Aleister Crowley, in his magical, mystical system, the oil symbolized the aspiration to what he called the great work. And the great work is the spiritual path 
towards self-transcendence in its entirety, bringing unconscious complexes into the conscious awareness in order to integrate them back into oneself, which sounds great. And I feel like if you want to do that, maybe go to therapy or like talk to somebody and like just look at yourself. You don't need oils and altars and ritualistic bathing. Just go to see a therapist. I've literally done all of the things you just said, including see a therapist. <laughs> That's good. At least you did that one. That's good. I'm I'm okay with all of it. I'm just saying, if you're going to go to all 18 months of this trouble... Maybe also include a therapist maybe in your also, practice. You might need to. But it has to be a member of the family because you're supposed to shun everybody else. So hopefully <sighs> someone in your household practices therapy. Marry a therapist and then start this ritual. There you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So well, if you're this... already married, someone, one of the two of you gets a, get your Get therapist. a degree. Real quick, or yeah, yeah. So um, um, this is my favorite part, the practical side of this magic. The practical magic of Abramelin is a set of talismans composed of magic word squares. So excited! I love word puzzles. Word squares. So each square contains words or names that relate to the magical goal of the square. Um, there is a famous one called Sator Arepo Tenet Opera Rotus. It's a word square. It contains a five-word palindrome, which can be read top to bottom, bottom to top, left to right, and right to left, and then also be rotated 180 degrees and still read in the same way. That's cool. It makes me so excited for some reason. I'm not going to cry about it, though. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. um, there are 242 word squares in, the, in Mather's translation, which is the not-so-great one while the original German one has 251 word squares. I'm going to end on a couple theories and a little bit more about Aleister Crowley. So several people whose I tried to read their accounts of, they claimed on the internet <laughs> to have completed this ritual. And I was like, well, I want to know what happened. And it's like, you want to know what happened? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. And it's like, buy my book. And I said, no, sorry, oh, not no. doing that. I'm not buying your cursed PDF random weirdo on the internet. Thanks. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. That's what we should call random weirdos now. All right. So Alistair Crowley also uh, claims to have read or d completed this ritual. Actually, I don't think he completed it because he attempted it at, the, at his home, which is uh, called Bullskin, which if you have ever read or heard of that place is supposed to be haunted or cursed. For this very reason. so And a lot of the people I read said they didn't complete it, the ritual correctly. On the internet, they were like, oh, yeah, I, I did it in like six days. And I was like, well, that's not, that's not even right. So I don't yeah. care what happened to you. You didn't do it right. And I wrote here, the people who did complete the ritual have either written books that you have to buy or have written posts on the internet that are so verbose and convoluted and absurd that I don't even want to talk about it. So if you want to read some of this rambling stuff, just look it up. Just look up Abramelin Operation or Abramelin Ritual and you'll find it. But so far I haven't heard of anybody flying or shape-shifting or controlling the forces of nature and hell, so um, there are some interpretations and theories that I think are pretty cool and then I will be done. Modern commentators often describe the uh, Abramelin operation as a sort of prolonged contemplative retreat. If you uh, practice it and repeat it diligently, 
that can have a profound effect on programming your consciousness and transforming your consciousness. But it can be unpredictable. It's like, yeah, you're going inside your own mind. It's very unpredictable in there. Yeah. A shift in lifestyle, mental exhaustion, isolation, and disruption of habitual patterns can all contribute to the necessary altered consciousness and ego death, which is like, I'm all about ego death, but that sounds like very culty to me, the whole exhausting yourself mentally and hiding away. It's like, yeah, you're doing a one person cult thing up in there. Be your own cult. Like we've said, be your own cult. You can, we believe on you. So it does have some similarities to esoteric Buddhist and Hindu schools of thought. And also there are aspects of other mystical traditions in Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. So it's kind of pulling from a lot of sources. And it, I mean, you're also, you're supposed to read 72 Psalms of David. It's very biblical. It's confusing to me, but. So the ritual can be seen as a tool to transform your mind into something more closely resembling the mind of God. So you visualize your holy guardian angel, which is which can be seen as more of a deeply meditative, transformative thought exercise than a literal summoning ritual. But it's also, there's a bunch of stuff about demons, so I'm not really sold on that idea. So, is any of that real? <laughs> totally. Yeah? So, one thing I was thinking was that you said, I've never heard of anybody shape-shifting or flying or whatever, becoming invisible. Well, the reason you haven't heard of it is because the people who did it correctly are totally shape-shifting and flying around, but they also promised not to talk about it. Did they? Yeah, isn't it like you're not supposed to talk, you're not supposed to, like, share or talk about it, or? That's what uh, Abramelin told Abraham, and then he didn't listen. Well, maybe some people do listen, and that's why they're not on Reddit sharing their stories. I just think that in the age we live in, if someone could go invisible and shapeshift, they would never shut up about it. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the people who don't get to do it. Like, now that I know this, if I ever get to shapeshift or all any of those things, I will, I won't tell a soul. I'll just, I'll tell you. I'll like. I was about to say, you better tell me. Yeah. You'll be the only one that knows. And I'll shapeshift. I'll turn into one of your cats and I'll climb on you and then I'll be me and then I'll be sitting in your lap and I'll be like, guess what, Sarah? Oh my God, please never do that to me. I will, I will die. I will have a heart attack and die. If my cat just got in my lap and then all of a sudden you were in my lap. (laughs) Sorry, I love you, but no thank you. 18 months from now, you just wait. You could never, you could never shun yourself. No. If I were to do all that, it sounds kind of great, except for a few things. Like, I don't want to read the Psalms twice a week, every week. I don't want to do all the biblical stuff. And I most certainly don't want to, I don't even want to say demon names, so I'm not going to summon anything. You have to summon 12 of them. No. I just want to, like, spend my days meditating and not thinking about time. (laughs) Like, yeah, bathing like, myself. I love baths. It's the same problem that I have with every ideology or religion or philosophy where I'm like, I'm on board with mm, maybe like a quarter to a half of what you're saying. And then the rest of it just sounds like hooey. So I'm good. Either yeah, hooey I'm, or spooky or stupid. I'm good. Sorry. I'm not going to do it with the intention of summoning demons. I'm going to do it with the intention of just like, Having a good life and being able to give back to people. and Well, you can't do that without the 12 princes of hell, so I'm going to find a way. <laughs> I'm going to do it. 
Oh, shit. Hey, Sarah, you know what? What? With so many CBD products on the market nowadays, it's really hard to know what to choose. Oh my god, it's like so hard. Well, I chose the best one. It's Green River Botanicals because they offer high-quality, high-potency, full-spectrum tinctures made from CBD hemp grown right on their farm. They also offer topicals. Every step of the process, from the greenhouse to the final product, is done with care and transparency. Lab results for each product are available on their website so you know exactly what you're taking. And not only are they conscious about your well-being, they make the environment a major priority. That I like. Yes. I will not be smarty pants about that. All of their packaging is sustainable from recyclable glass bottles to plant-based labels. And for every item sold, they donate a tree to be planted. A tree? How cool. A tree. Also have topicals, which you use, That's right? what I got. I got a topical. I'm, I'm going to tell you something topical about the topicals. I got the herbal healing salve. And not only does it smell good, and it doesn't make your glasses all smudgy when you touch your glasses with your hands because it <laughs> absorbs right into your skin, but it really works. I have all kinds of things wrong with my hands. I've got cysts in my joints. I, I think I'm getting arthritis because I'm getting old. Oh, um, but I rub it on my hands every morning and the swelling goes down and my joints feel like I can, you know, do stuff again. That's so awesome. It's pretty great. I like it. I love it. I used the CBD tincture and I've, you know, I've always had like kind of a hard time sleeping since I was a kid. Mm, yeah. I do know about my... that. Mm -hmm. I feel that. You were there. Mm -hmm. Well, now I take a little bit of that at night and it totally calms my anxious brain that won't stop thinking and I fall asleep. It's so amazing. I love it. That is amazing. Sounds great. So if you're looking for a reliable CBD product from a company that cares about you and more importantly the planet, go to GreenRiverBotanicals.com and use the promo code NOTREAL. That's GreenRiverBotanicals.com promo code NOTREAL. N-O-T-R-E-A-L. One word y'all. For free shipping on your first order. You're welcome. You're so welcome. Alright, tell me Maybe. about your curse book now. Okay, I'll tell you about my curse book. I am talking to you about The Lesser Key of Solomon. Have you heard Woo! of it? Um, my sources are grimoire.org, demonicpedia.com, oh. a YouTube video called The Key of Solomon, The True Key to Summoning the Powerful Spirits, and, of course, Wikipedia. <laughs> Oh my god. I should have done that for a demonic pedia. Demonic pedia. <laughs> that sounded like a third rate Tom Waits impression. And also, I can't believe you went to a website called Demonicpedia. I <laughs> know. Oh, I got kind of scared, actually. I, like I believe it. it. I yep. did it for the podcast. Did it all for the pod. Okay. <clears throat> All for the pod. So the Lesser Key of Solomon is one of the best-known grimoires. What's a grimoire, you ask, since we've both talked about it? It's a book of spells. It's a textbook of magic that typically includes instructions on how to create magical objects like talismans or amulets, how to perform spells, charms, and divination, and how to summon or invoke supernatural entities such as angels, spirits, deities, and demons. I'm good, thanks. <laughs> So the Lesser Key of Solomon is also known as, as the Clavicula Salomonis. Wow, it sounds like a thingy. It sounds like food poisoning, but okay. It, or, or like a, some kind of disease you only get in your clavicles. <laughs> oh, 
god i got that clavicle disease it hurts (laughs) anyway um it is an anonymous 17th century grimoire and one of the most popular books of demonology in all the land it appeared in the 17th century but much of it was taken from texts of the 16th century including the Pseudo Monarchia Demonium by Johann Weyer and a late medieval grimoires of various sorts. It's likely okay. that books by Jewish Kabbalists or Kabbal- yeah, Kabbalists and Muslim mystics were also inspirations for the book. Some of the material in the first section concerning the summoning of demons dates back to the 14th century and possibly later or earlier, yeah. Well, Early it sounds later. like mine. Like, it's like a bunch of other things. There are two compilations of all the spooky yeah. shit in, in town. It's just a little compilation. And I think I did summon a demon, because if you hear a dog barking in the background, y'all, I can't do anything about it. I'm literally moving away from these people. Um, but I think the dog might be a demon, so I'm not going to mess with it. Well, if I'm going to be honest, I've summoned two butt demons in the time that you've been talking, by which I mean I have farted. In your You should leave it in. I am farting in my fort. (laughs) So, the book itself claims, within the book, that it was originally written by King Solomon. Uh, Solomon was also called Jedediah and was, according to the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, and some other sacred texts, a fabulously wealthy and wise king of Israel who succeeded his father, King David, circa 970 to 3, wait a minute, 970 to 931 BC. Oh, I was about to say, what? According to the mythology that's included in the document, King Solomon originally wrote the book for his son, Rehoboam. Rehoboam? Yeah. Yeah, old Rehoboam. Mm-hmm. We go way back. Jedediah and Rehoboam. <laughs> I actually wrote the pronunciation out for myself, but I had to stop and read it. Rehoboam. And he commanded Rehoboam to hide it in his tomb upon his death. So in Solomon's tomb. When to, Son, when I die, put that book in my tomb. Right. Got it. And allegedly, this book was later discovered by a group of Babylonian philosophers while they were repairing Solomon's tomb. So they're just out for a, a quick run-of-the-mill repair to an old tomb. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. And they're like, hey, look at this neat old book. Let me take it out of a tomb. book in a room full of dead people. If you, y'all, if you find a book in a tomb, leave it there. They don't wanted go, to be buried with it. Yeah, also just don't go in the tomb. You're good. Get, get out of there get immediately. Out of the tomb. God. There's spiders in there, y'all. So one of these philosophers who... Um, or why are philosophers repairing a tomb too? Like what? I don't understand. That, that anyway, makes no sense. But cool, whatever. So many questions. So that's their day any job. Any way, one of these men received a vision in which a supposed angel commanded him to hide the book from the unworthy, and because of this dream, this philosopher cast a spell on the book in order to keep it from anyone unworthy. So, therefore, it's cursed. I don't know. Women over 50 who aren't virgins, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's only women. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Postmenopausal women. Who talk too much. 
who use the F word quite a lot. <laughs> That's who gets to use this book if you want to. Okay, I like it. I will be okay. doing that someday. However, many say it is chronologically impossible for King Solomon to have written the book because the titles of nobility that are used in the text, such as the French Marquis or the German Earl, are that are assigned to the demons, they weren't in use at this time. And nor were the prayers to Jesus and the Christian Trinity that are included in the text. So, oh, um, interesting. Yeah, so there were things, the words included in there that weren't wouldn't have been in use in King Solomon's time, and his his birth predated Jesus Christ's birth by more than nine hundred years. So there wouldn't have been any prayers to Jesus if he wrote it, unless he was just a time traveler, maybe. That's probably what it is. That's yeah. mostly. Most I'm gonna go with that. So the Lesser Key of Solomon contains detailed descriptions of spirits and the conjurations needed to invoke and oblige them to do the will of the conjurer. It details the protective signs and rituals that are to be performed, the actions necessary to prevent the spirits from gaining control, and preparations prior to the invocations. Oh, and also instructions on how to make the necessary instruments for the execution of the rituals. So it gets you. I want to make instruments. That sounds fun. Completely. A lute. It teaches you how to make a lute. Oh, sweet. I want to make a lute. So, the Lesser Key of Solomon is divided into five parts. So, the first part is the Ars Goetia. And this is a section that usually, it's what usually comes up when you search for the book. It's the most popular, most researched um, part of the book. And the most widely described. And so, this, this first section contains descriptions of the 72 demons. That's interesting. 72 was in your story, too. 72 Poor 72, people. 72 pe- poor people. And I, wa- I want to say also 72 Psalms of David. Yeah. So the number 72 keeps coming up. That's interesting. 72 demons. So it contains the descriptions of these 72 demons that Solomon supposedly evoked and confined in a brass vessel that was sealed by magic symbols. And he obliged these demons to work for them, for him. Um, And it gives instructions on constructing a similar brass vessel and using the proper magic formula to safely call up those demons. So this guy just like called up a bunch of demons and stuck them in a brass container. Put them in a vase. Okay, cool. Yeah. This is my vase of demons. There's 72 demons in my vase. How many demons do you have? Like 12? Probably. Yeah, it deals with the evocation of all classes of spirits, evil, indifferent, and good. And the second section of the Lesser Key of Solomon is called the Ars Theruga Goetia. Theruga? Therugia? Therugia? Something like that. And this explains the names, the characteristics, and the seals of 31 aerial spirits, which are called chiefs emperors, kings, and princes that King Solomon also invoked and confined. Good lord. What was he doing? Did he ever have time to do any lawmaking? Probably not. Um, It also explains the protections against them. So that's helpful. That is helpful. If you're going to summon a bunch of demons, you should also know how to protect yourself from the demons. The third section, and my favorite section, is the Ars Paulina The first chapter of this section refers on how to deal with the angels of each hour of the day and night, 
their seals, their nature, and their servants, which are called dukes. The relation... (laughs) (laughs) There is a relation that each one of these angels has with each seven planets that were known at that time. Okay. And the proper astrological aspects to invoke them. So that's cool. I'm into that. The second chapter of this section concerns the angels that rule over each zodiac sign and each degree of every sign, their relation with the four elements, fire, earth, water, and air, their names and their seals. That is a lot of information. It's so much. Like, it must have taken up. 100 years to write this damn book. Seriously. Well, I'm not even done. Um, oh, and those angels are called the angels of men because all persons are born under a zodiac sign with the sun at a specific degree of it. So, okay. kind of cool. I like that one. Of course you do. Of course I do. The fourth <laughs> section is the Ars Almadel. And this section is um, it's a collection of prayers mixed with Kabbalistic and magical words in several languages. It also includes how the prayers must be said and the relation that the rituals have to the understanding of all sciences. Well, I like that part. Yeah. Well, and it Science. also mentions it also mentions the aspects of the moon in relation with these prayers. And then the fifth and final section of this book is the Ars Notoria, which is um, it, it describes Solomon's communication with God. It's a lot. a lot of heady, creepy shit. <laughs> Any questions? Um, hmm. Let's see. I was going to say that it, if Solomon could make laws if that was the work he was getting the demons to do. Yeah. Maybe you can maybe summon just... demons all day long if you then make those demons do everything that you're supposed to be doing the rest of the time. If, yeah, if he didn't have to hire a whole staff. Yeah, just, just demons. Kind of summon demons. Yeah. Just demons yeah. and spirits. And um, I also like the idea that some of the spirits were indifferent. That... Yeah, they're not <laughs> good. They're not good. evil. They're just, just hanging around yeah. drinking your LaCroix. So the instructions in each of these sections are really dense, as you can imagine. Yeah. They're super difficult to follow. They're laid out in ways that don't seem to make sense. And some say the book is practically written backwards. So... Well, that sounds fun. Sounds, sounds like, like Finnegan's Wake. King Solomon could have used an editor. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I was going to say, is that, oh, that you said that it's, it said there's a part that tells you exactly how the spell is supposed to be, or the prayer is supposed to be said, and I uh-huh. immediately thought, like, in the notes it will say, like, now say this one in a very bad French accent. <laughs> <laughs> I would be I would be good at it if it was just bad accents. Yeah, I would be very good at all the bad accents. <laughs> Say this one like you're really angry. Say this <laughs> one like you just woke up. Say this one like someone is pinching you on your butt cheek. Okay, <laughs> left or right? Oh, that's very important. This one's left, the next one's right. I sound really different depending <laughs> on the butt cheek you pinch. Anyway, most of the book oh, describes self-preparation to perform rituals a lot like yours. And also like yours, it can take months to be fully prepared to do any of these rituals. Labor a intensive. A lot, lot of spray and wash, a lot of pray and wash, a lot of... Oh my god, so much pray and wash. That's just what these books should be called. Forget grimoires, just call it an old pray and wash manual. 
It is said that once you are prepared and perform the rituals correctly, you will be able to conjure any of the powerful spirits from any section of the book. Well, damn. I can't wait to get a copy of this convoluted bullshit and summon so many demons. I'm gonna summon all those demons, y'all. Yep. You, okay, you do my dishes. Now, you do the research for the podcast. Uh, you over there, you babysit my kid. I'm just gonna sit back. I'm gonna send mine to work for me. And I'm gonna have the other finish school for me. And (laughs) another one... Well, go get go get another job. Go get a second job. I, yeah, I it's not get, me. Get some get get a Uber. Be get an Uber driver. Sign up for Uber. <laughs> the literal demons picking you up in your Lyft or Uber. <sighs> okay, 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 okay. Anyway, so I had, do have an important question for you. Okay, please ask. You ready? Me. I'm ready. Is any of that real? I'm gonna go with no. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Why? Really? Why? Um, no, no. Um, first of all, you know me. I don't believe in demons, so none of this seems very plausible to me. But um, a lot is just a lot of work. Both of them. It's just a lot of work. And yeah, that I don't believe in all even, that work. <laughs> well, I just don't believe that anybody's really gonna. Be, who is able to do that? A very wealthy person that can spend all that time just praying and washing and shunning everything and everyone and not living by the clock and, well, you know, all that shit. A, Plus, an I'm introverted... A yeah, an introverted an, an introverted billionaire. Um, what do you call him? Trustafarian? Yes, an introverted Trustafarian. A trustavert. Oh, God. Trustafartavert. No, stop. No more portmanteaus. Okay. Yeah, so I just think it's impractical it's just impractical forget real it's a lot of, it's just a lot of work it's very hard nobody's gonna lot. do that who i will quote a woman we all know and love and say ain't nobody got time for that oh my god i laughed so hard Be- when that when that was going around it made me laugh every time i said it looked at it I, the people i worked with kept saying it and then i came across the the t-shirt that was like a list at the bottom and on top of it said things ain't nobody got time for number one that (laughs) oh my god always think of it no i think that no you know i'm superstitious and i won't even say demon names like there were demon names in my research that i skipped right over and i think if you did pray and wash and hope and pray and read all these things and wish for demons to come for two years they're probably going to come get you. That's what I think. That is my personal belief in superstition. Okay, okay, all right. (laughs) If you did all that, I do think demons would come get you, but it would be your own personal demons in your head. What's the difference? Beelzebub. Well, they don't have names. Beelzebub ain't in my head. What if someone just gave, what if the demons are real and people gave these things names, like they had something going on mentally or they were hallucinating or something, and they named that condition a name. A and name that I won't say are. out loud. <laughs> I'm not saying no demon names. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, that's just like what I said at the end of mine, which was, you know, the interpretations that it's just like a long meditative practice to get right with yourself and kill your ego. I like that. But that doesn't make sense to me, though, when it's, like, 
all about demons. <laughs> like you can do you can do that without all the demons, guys. All about demons. <laughs> That's my curse, cursed PDF. <laughs> demons for dummies. .tripod.com. I've got some astrology and some prayers and the moon and some science in mine at least. So maybe it's a little bit, maybe you can do this one instead and just skip over the demons. Because it doesn't seem like it's required in the King of Solomon, the Key of Solomon. Okay, I'll check it out. I'll buy that one. Okay. I'll give it, I'll give you a copy for Christmas. I would rather you Jokes. Do. Jokes, <laughs> folks. Jokes, promise. folks. I promise. So, okay, look, do you have any questions for the Magic 8 Bowl? Oh, shit. God, oh, a lot of questions. I can't pick which one I want to ask. Hmm. Do you want me to ask one? Yeah, you go first. I'll okay, narrow okay. it down. Magic 8 Ball. If I pray and wash myself incessantly for 18 months, <laughs> will I be able to summon any spirits or demons? Oh, oh my as God. As I was doing that, I just thought of another question. Oh, okay. You can ask two. I'll let you take my turn, my question. Well, I can't get. Oh my god, I can't get an answer. I'm creeped out. <gasps> Cursed magic eight ball. Come on now, eight ball. Don't do me like this. <laughs> oh no, the answer is no. Oh, okay. See, I was right. Magic eight not ball not happen. <laughs> it's too much work, and it's not even gonna work. So, magic Just, eight ball says so. Just wash your butt every once in a while. Be a nice person. That's all you need to do. Go to therapy, wash your butt, be a nice person. Okay. Did you think of a question? Oh, um, sure. Why not? Let's see. Uh, Magic 8-Ball. If I summon the 12 princes and lords of hell or whatever, will I be able to invisibly fly while shape-shifting? Okay. Magic 8-Ball. <laughs> that question that Sarah just said. <laughs> That was a lot of words. It's a lot. There was a lot. You heard her. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. All right. I'm back on board. Maybe. Let's do it. If you do it right. Probably if you do it. I got one more question for the Magic 8 Ball. Really, really quick. Magic 8 Ball. Is the dog next door a demon? <laughs> also, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Could be. Okay. That sounds likely. I'll, I'll, it's I'll... in the process of being possessed. Yeah. Is everyone's next door neighbor's dog a demon? Yes. <laughs> definitely. It's very, very possible according to my magic eight ball. All right, y'all. Well, we we hope you enjoyed this our book recommendations and Yes. Um next week, the meeting of the book club, we will be reading JK, we're not doing that. I'm not reading any of this horse shit. I'm not doing it. If you've ever read one though, if you've ever read a grimoire or made a grimoire Tell us. We'd love to know your creepy story and your spells and bathing rituals. <laughs> if you've ever, um, if you've ever summoned anything, please email us at none of this is real podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah. Have you ever been to the old uh, pray and spray? <laughs> pray and spray. It's next to the Jiffy Lube. How many times have you read all seventy two Psalms of David? We want to know. Please. We want to know. Also, if you could, please give us a follow on Instagram. It's a real visual experience. And check out our Patreon page, too. We could really use a donation or two if you like the podcast and want a weird gift. Yeah, if you want a podcast that only um, has advertisements for a handful of really cool, legitimate, small companies, because that's what I'm going for. I'm not trying to... If you don't... I don't... You know, no ads. Or just a handful of ads. 
just throw us some cash and we'll, we, we can make yeah. that happen. We'll make them really good ones. And yeah, email us. Also, you can email us your beautiful, beautiful voice to put on the end of this podcast. Tell us what's real to you. Tell us um, your favorite conspiracy theory. What scares the crap out of you or anything else you want to say? Just send anything, us an yeah. audio file. Yeah, uh, it would be really, really great, especially if you, you know, want to help us out, but you can't give us some of that sweet, sweet Patreon money. It would be great if you could rate and review us. It helps a lot. It helps other people find us. And also just, you know, word of mouth. Tell your demons, tell all 72 of your demons about this podcast. Yeah, get get your 72 demons that you've summoned and then put into a brass vessel to go out into the world and proselytize, proselytize <laughs> our podcast, please. Thank you. Oh, also, if you do have 72 demons, as we've said before on a previous episode that you may or may not have heard, I want you to remember that demons love Frasier. That's a great, yeah, that's a great way to um, get your demons to do what you want. So you can get some reruns going of that old Mop the show floor and I'll let you watch Freezer, Demon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, All right, master. anyways, y'all. Um, <laughs> I just want you guys to also know that you don't have to believe in any of this. But you do have to believe on yourself. Believe all over yourself. Do it. I invoke it. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Jay, I've asked you this before, and you literally said nothing. So I'm going to ask you again. What is real to you? I'm still standing up by nothing a little bit, but I'll expound. I just think that everything has a certain amount of fluidity and can change. really enjoying none of this is real you know the podcast you're listening to but you kind of wish you could get paid to listen to it well the podcoin app actually pays you to listen to this podcast and all your favorite podcasts because it's the podcast player that pays you heard of it if not don't worry super easy just get the podcoin app on iphone or android sign up and start listening to podcasts you'll earn podcoins You'll either earn gift cards or you can donate to charity. It turns your podcast listening into actual dollars. I use the PodCoin app now to do all my podcast listening, and I love it. Go on there on your app store, your Android store, whatever store you got going on over there, and check it out. Use the invite code NOTREAL, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. That's 300 PodCoin for signing up with the PodCoin app using the code NOTREAL. Goodbye.